Hello, adventurers, and welcome back to Behind the Roll, our podcast where we go behind Save by the Roll, which is our D&D campaign. My name's Keegan, one half of Level 2 Gamers, and hanging out with me today, I have three lovely gentlemen, also part of the campaign. Uh, let's start with, I'm going to start with, with the lovely Bertrand, who's in the top right up there, otherwise known as Kaim. How do you say your Kaim's last name? Avenile. Avenile. I, I, Avenile. Avenile. Yeah. Do you even know? Uh, how you doing, Bertrand? <laughs> I'm doing wunderbar. Wunderbar. Thank you. Ooh, you German? No. Yes. Yes. No. Uh, yes. Also hanging out with us is uh, the wonderful Tim, otherwise known as Kosif the Penitent. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. Uh, we got Stanley Cup hockey starting tonight with our Blues are playing, uh, so I'm excited about that and glad to be here. I was gonna say you got your Blues jersey ready to go. Uh, what That's do you right. What do you think? They're take, taking it five, six, seven. Because they're not sweeping. Nobody's going to sweep because a sweep is not what anybody wants in Stanley Cup. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know that that's how you determine whether someone's <laughs> going to sweep, whether or not that's what people want. Uh, but, I, yeah, I'm taking the Blues in uh, six. In six? Cool. Mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, our wonderful DM, who, again, has put hundreds of hours, I feel like, at this point into this campaign. Uh, David, how you doing? I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> By the way, we're recording this at 2 in the afternoon. David hops out. He goes, good morning, fuckers. And we're like, it's 2 in the afternoon, David. <laughs> it's all relative, right? So, uh, if you didn't join us last time, uh, I recommend you go watch the first episode. Uh, and you can kind of see a little bit about our characters. And also, if you've not watched the campaign yet, head over to twitch.tv slash level2gamersstl or youtube.com slash level2gaming, or savebytherule.com. It's all up there as well. Uh, you can catch up, because we're going to give potential spoilers to any uh, sessions we've done before. So if you haven't watched those, go watch those first, and then come back and watch this. But without further ado, let's jump in. And we uh, last last session, uh, we kind of made it to Strahd, almost. Like, we're in Strahd. Uh, let's... Let's start with talking about the... I want to start by talking about the mist section, because I felt like I was wandering for hours and had no idea what to do. Um, so, what was, your, what was your guys' initial initial impressions, if I could speak, of uh, how we got to Strahd? Um, did you guys... Were you guys, like, that makes sense? Were you guys like, what am I supposed to do? Were you as confused as I was, where I was hiding underneath the horse? What... <laughs> I was confused why you were hiding under a horse, but that's Torbjorn. You'll get used to that by now. Give it, give it a couple of sessions. He'll be hanging out there. I love that Bertrand and I did that. Was like you got a dick on your head, and I was like, man, I got to try and keep a straight face, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> the best is when Diane showed up, and then you were like, do you want to take that hat off? <laughs> nah. <laughs> but no, let's talk about that. So in the mist, we did meet. Diane, uh, otherwise known as Vale in game. Um, she is, what is she? She's a monk. What? Human, she's a monk. Monk. Human, Human monk. Human monk. Human monk. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what race she was. Um, and she, she joined us. And I thought it was cool the way she kind of, she joined us. Because I thought, initially, my impression was we were going to meet her in the in the tavern at the beginning. And she's just going to kind of be there and be like, oh, hey, I heard about what you did. I kind of want to get to know you guys. But that didn't happen. We met her in the mist. Um, so what you guys, let's talk about what. What you guys thought about her joining the campaign? Are you guys excited? I'm excited. Well, I, I'm personally really excited because if you guys don't know, I know you guys know, Diane's yeah. my wife in real life. 
Um, so having her join is is uh, really exciting for me when she mm-hmm. saw we were doing this and she came over and was like, hey, this looks really cool. Uh, she played a few games with me in the past and uh, she's like, I'd, I'd love to do that. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, spend more time together and stuff. So uh, having her join was really cool. And then in game, um, I also was expecting us to see her in the tavern. I thought maybe we'd get back to the original starting place where we all started and kind of, you know, like I personally materialized there. Um, so I thought maybe we would run into that. And I think that was the biggest surprise for me about meeting her character was she was not a purple dragon. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of expecting David to, to tie her into our party that way. Um, so it's, uh, you know, uh, kind of interesting because we don't have that connection with her that we have with the rest of the party. And we kind of got to figure out who she is and why she's with us. Yeah. I kind of yeah, just... Well, oh, it's the go ahead, Bertrand. No, 100. I, I, I was honestly expecting like you said tim a a purple dragon connection and when the mist hit right off the bat there i was my first thought was like oh are we not are we not bringing diane in today like is this yeah is this not gonna see on the screen you're like uh you'll be here in a second i think (laughs) (laughs) and the mist was was a, a quite a a wonderful twist um especially from last uh, from episode one to episode two you know we had to kind of uh roll back a little bit but mm-hmm. when the mist hit i i thought it was going to be some sort of like teleportation in a sense of like it would just surround us and then the mist would clear and we'd be somewhere else rather than kind of leading us on this path that we kind of had to follow to a point where we were exhausted and i think that was the whole purpose of it if i'm not wrong mm-hmm. dm unless there's more to it that you can't spoil but <coughs> No, nope. it was just it was uh, supposed to just sort of mess with you until you camped and then while you slept. And here's a question: because technically, wolves and Strahd are not connected; they're two different things. So the mist mm-hmm. was the was the key to get us from there. Because give don't there's a there's a one shot in Strahd that we did not do that we might save for like Halloween or something like that because it's spooky. There's one called the Death House. Um, that yep. we didn't do. So we did a different level one thing, level one through, what are we now, level four, I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Through level four to get us to get us going before we jumped into Strahd, because you were partially scared that Strahd was going to kick our ass initially, and the Death House <laughs> was going to kick our ass initially, which was probably true, because it's a lot <clears> of our <throat> first times playing. So yeah. I, I thought it was really cool how you were able to tie the wolves, which had completely nothing to do with Strahd, and bring it into Strahd. And I think it's cool from a DM perspective, if anybody's watching this kind of wondering how they could tie campaigns together. Little hooks like that, I think it was cool to, like, you could take two adventures that have nothing to do with each other and toss them in and be like, here you go. Granted, Strahd is a one-off because it's a different dimension. The module actually gives me, like, three hooks Mm -hmm. that I could have used on top of that to get you in. Can you say the other two since we didn't do them? Sure. Sure. Um... So one was that you had to go deal with some werewolves, which we did. Uh, <laughs> oh. Well, I wonder why you picked that. Yeah, werewolves. <laughs> and uh, and then there was another one uh, that was just basic. Well, there, so there there were three options. One was one was that uh, the werewolves. One was that this uh, someone would come into the tavern uh, needing help, and you guys would do that. And then there was another. A uh, hook that was uh, you guys would meet early a group uh, of a faction within the 
the Strahd. within the Strahd, uh called the Vistani, some gypsies mm-hmm. that the local lord would pays to have you guys kick out. But really, when you get there, they're just drinking and just kind of go, "Oh yeah, we're we're leaving. Just hang out for with us, have, have a few drinks, listen to some stories." And then we'll get out of your hair. And then you kind of ride with them to Barovia. Cool. Uh, the uh, and then there's just the, the the one I actually used, which was the just the mist, mist. encompasses you while you're traveling and in, in, in camp. Cool. So, and the thing that I thought was really cool with the, <clears throat> with the mist, mist, excuse me, is when we got into. I guess you, were we were. That road was technically in Strahd at that point, right? We were not, like, in some, like, wormhole going between A to B. That was actually no, in the, Strahd, the track, yeah. the path. So, so the minute you guys woke up and from camp with the mist, when the mist transported you, that was all, uh, those are Strahd maps. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, only, I only actually used two uh, homemade maps that... Uh, before that to get to us there. So that road map was not part of Strahd and that obviously the one from the previous campaign yeah. I threw back in there last minute because I was yeah. like oh my god I didn't have that in there <laughs> and I forgot. <laughs> so so. so what would you Tim I'll ask you because you were well you were supposed to be awake I think if I remember correctly you were taking a nap uh, during the <laughs> What was your initial impression when you found out what was going on? Because we all knew we were going into Strahd. A lot. Of, I don't think any of us really have much experience with Strahd in the sense of, like, we don't know what we're about to get into. But David's given us an idea of kind of that it is another dimensional world and that there's some things here that will kick our ass if we're not careful and all that kind of stuff. But what did you think as the person who was supposed to be standing guard when you knocked, got knocked the fuck out and just passed out and woke up and like, oh, shit, what's going on? Yeah, that was... Uh, uh... I think out of out of character, it was uh, it's cool. It was cool to see that transition, mm-hmm. and it was really awesome to see Cody as well. kind of owning that for us, seeing everything that was happening. Um, at, in character, it was embarrassing. You know, like uh, you know, Kosef is this protector. That's kind of his shtick, and uh, you know, he didn't really get a, a chance to express it. But like he uh, he felt a little shame about that because he you know he's supposed to be this party protector, and he falls asleep. Obviously, it was otherworldly sleep, but, um, you know, kind of waking up and now having to depend on on Welly <laughs> to explain what happened. You know, he kind of, eh, oh, well, crap, I, I messed up. I didn't do my duty in this and uh, and left the little one to kind of fend for us in this moment. Um, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so like when that happened, I was like, well, crap, I, I totally blew this one. I, I wish I had stayed awake. Gotcha. And then Bertrand, what'd you think when, when all that, from an outsider perspective, when we woke up, when they woke us all up, because we had no idea, technically, our care in game, we had all fallen asleep, we'd all, because I think me and you had first watch or second, I don't remember, uh, but it went fine, and then uh, we were asleep when all this happened, we get woken up, and I assume this waking up is very aggressive waking up, not just like, hey, get up, it's the the fuck is going on wake up so what do you think good morning morning. everybody get up there's no color here (laughs) (laughs) what was your what was your impression when you first woke up in strahd when david started describing like the lack of color because i think you started asking more questions about everybody about the world than anybody else in that moment yeah the lack of color and the lack of uh saturation really kind of 
piqued my interest from a, a, a not just a player but my character felt suddenly drained um suddenly not necessarily in full control of of his his destiny in that situation but for 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 Kaim there was a sense of relief at the same time um but yeah I was just honestly the, the lack of color and the lack of ambient noise I think David you had mentioned at one point there's there wasn't as much ambient noise if I'm correct he cut out the audio and I went oh shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah yeah. Like for me as a player at that point, that's exactly my reaction. I was just like, oh, this is going down. Not normal. Not okay. <laughs> yeah. The actual text in the the module says that the the woods are are like a uh, a scream that's un unvoiced. Oh wow. It's like it's like okay. <laughs> How do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> But no, I think for, for Torbjorn, because Torbjorn <clears throat> is the type of guy that really kind of just goes with it and doesn't really think too hard. He He's a he's a problem solver in the sense that he wants to get back, but when he woke up and saw everybody else's, he did it based on everybody else's reaction. Uh, as a player, kind of like Bertrand, I thought it was really cool of, like, this lack of color is just like, fuck, I did not expect, like, this. I was telling David in a text or on PlayStation or something that, like, it felt... Almost like if you played, you've played Elder Scrolls. All of us played Elder Scrolls Online, but if you watching have it, uh, there's a place called Cold Harbor, which it reminded me a lot of that to a certain extent, uh, with just oh, like yeah. less color on it. It's kind of the vision I was I was getting to a little little bit, but like for Torbjorn as the as the player and not Keegan as or Torbjorn as the character, he was just like dazed and confused and wanted to see what everybody else's reaction was before he kind of did anything because he's pretty even keeled unless he's drinking. He doesn't really get worried too often unless the people around him are starting to get worried and then he starts heightening up. And that's when, when you guys started getting worried, that's when I was like, let's hide on the side of the road. Let's sneak on the on the edges because we have no idea where, where we are. And that's because of some of the stuff you guys were saying of like, the, with Bertrand asking the colors and all that, about this desaturation, all that, that was my head going, oh shit, like we need to be extra careful because we have no idea what we're about to literally walk into. Um, and then from there we made it to the gates of Barovia, which that image that you used, I assume that's straight from the module because it was pretty. I actually used that yeah. as the thumbnail for the uh, for the video, and yeah, it's a really cool, it's a really cool image. Um, would you guys think of coming up to these monstrous gates? What was your impression when? Because my my impression as a player was like, oh shit, we're we're entering the gates of hell. Like this is this is where shit's about to get real. We're going from. That was like the actual transition from going from wolves to landing to like this is now we're officially in Strahd and shit's going to go down from here forward. Yeah, and that's uh, pretty spot on to what I was thinking when we got to those gates and we saw the statues. At first, my reaction was like, okay, what kind of statues are these? What kind of creatures are these? What kind of race of beings were these carved out to be? Because I, I was thinking something much more menacing. Uh, was about to happen that we were coming up on a place of of some sort of demonic mm-hmm. activity at first, and uh, it, it's it's also the benefit of us just not knowing anything about Strahd. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think when we passed through those gates, there was that sense of finality of, okay, we're stuck here. Especially like we're not getting shot. out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like this is the this is the entrance. Like where we landed wasn't necessarily the entrance to Barovia. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I asked David this. So there's Barovia is the, the like the continent, and then there's there's a village called Barovia, which was which right. was the sign that we saw. Yeah, the land is called Barovia, and the the village you're, that you were just outside of is also called Barovia. So, so it's I, a little it's a little like confusing. New York. It's like New York, New York. <laughs> Barovia, Barovia. <laughs> What what do you think, Tim? When, as both player and character, yeah, I was I was also not sure what to expect from, you know, going to the Strahd campaign. Knowing we were someplace otherworldly, I was kind of thinking it was going to be a lot more demonic, um, a lot more Cold Harbor esque um, in that sense. But when we came upon those gates, kind of changed my perspective of what we were looking at. Um, like this is a civilization, and humanity was here at some point. Um, and trying to understand that connection. And I think somebody did like a history check a little bit later on in which it was mentioned about like a missing a missing town, missing country, missing something. And it gave me a little bit more idea of, okay, this this feels like it's more of a misplaced society, you know, like the you know, I think David even compared it to Atlantis at one point yeah. in that history check. And that really kind of shaped for me where we were as opposed to being in the gates of hell as Torbjorn saw it, mm-hmm. but seeing it more as a, uh, okay, we're we're in this this bubble, and everything that's in here is more of a human society than I was expecting it to be. Right. Uh, I think we were all expecting demons and hellfire <laughs> and all. Like it's it's funny because like again, when you tell any movie or any sort of pop culture thing, when you go to another dimension that is void of light and color what's on the other side usually something in the breeze fire of some sort like and we didn't come across that we actually uh i can't remember the dude's name that we got the we got found the body with the note on it but the note told us about vampires so clearly there's gonna be vampires in here somewhere um and we're gonna come across those or they were mentioned in in the note so i assume we're gonna come across them uh and it's kind of interesting because you look at a vampire way different than you would look at like the spawn of Satan, or you look at like a human, or you look at like, because the question is, is a, and this is a moral question that Keegan would ask, not necessarily Torbjorn, but is a vampire human? Or like, is it a, what, what is a vampire in the sense of like, where did they come from? And, well, and also, it, oh, go ahead. and to, to, to bounce off of that, like, where, where, what kind of vampire are we going to be getting? Are we going to get the, the traditional Dracula? Rom Stroker Dracula style, or are we going to get, you know, the, the, um, Oh, what's his name that did the Hellboy movies? Guillermo del Toro's like crazy, terrifying monsters from hell. You know what? What kind of vampire are we gonna see? I'm really kind of excited. I kind of want the want the Dracula one just so David can do a voice like these. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that'd be entertaining. Um, but we didn't come across that. Get so sick of that. Yeah. Before this is over. <laughs> I find you like a blood. Uh, but we came across that note, and that that note kind of to me was like. Again, I think when I when I went through the gates as Torbjorn, Torbjorn goes, oh shit, we're in the gates of hell. I have no idea where I am. I have no idea what's going on. People around me are very uneased. I'm making me uneased. But then when we, when we got that note, it made me realize even more that, like, it's kind of like Tim was saying with that humanity humanity side of it. Like, oh shit, there's, there's creatures here that aren't necessarily going to kill me. Because before then, you have to remember, we were hearing the, the wolves the whole time. And, like, we just fought a shit ton of wolves, and I was like, fuck, is there going to be, like, demonic wolves that come out? I'm picturing, like, wolves with, like, black eye or red eyes coming after us and just going to hunt us down. Is that what we're about to get into? And when you read that vampire section, you're like, 
Oh, crap. Because I remember going, is there such thing as a vampire wolf? Is that a thing? Because <laughs> we hear that the whole way through into where we were, so. Right. And like, are we going to have vampires that are a part of their own cultural system, their own society? Are we going to just have the single vampire? Are we going to have, are they, are they you know, welcoming class, out a class structure? Yeah, yeah, a class structure of them, basically. Yeah. That's my yeah. curiosity. Uh, at this point, that that whole town could be vampires, right? Because yeah. he was he was riding out with the letter of, of warning of vampires, and you're like, well, crap. What are we gonna are we right. gonna run into a town, <laughs> or are we gonna run into a town of vampires who are you know going to the market to get their Sunday blood? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just every everyday ordinary people just you know do things a little yeah. differently. We have a tasty 1984 Reach wine. You know, little child blood today. <laughs> wow. Imported. Uh, David, I have a question for you, because at one point we came across the signpost and it said Barovia, and then there's a sign that went the other direction. What would have happened if we went left instead of right? Uh, you would have started heading in the direction <laughs> of, of that landmark. <laughs> I know, but... Like, you eventually would have gotten there. Yeah. But from a from a DM they, perspective, like obviously, I'm assuming we we are supposed to. If you're following the stories directly, I assume we're supposed to go to Barovia first because it because it's the closest. <laughs> I mean, you you can go wherever you want. Yes, in in the land of Barovia, uh, that is completely free reign. Uh, the order you do it is up to you. Uh, it's not wise <laughs> to, to maybe go out of order, which is uh, why I you didn't. know. So, uh, you know, I, I can't really go into too much of yeah. that. But, yeah, you, it, the that map is fleshed out. Every um, place that is a place has a mar- marker, has people, have maps for them. So, yeah, you would have you gone into... That's where, that's where this module gets scary is if you go someplace too to. early... You're gonna come across some things that uh, you're not ready. It's for. like ESO back in the day when we were level yeah. twelve and hit level forty-five. Like, oh fuck! David's like, I'm dead. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm on my horse. Oh, you're dead back there. <laughs> it, was, it was a great moment. But so, so we we get we see the guy with the vampire or the vampire note, and he tell it's he's gonna go pin it back on the gates and i i never really said anything in game about that do you what do you guys think the importance was it just warning outsiders coming in like because that made me think like people come and go freely to a certain extent like why would you put a note on the gate that's inside the world that you're already in because you can't get back out as we found out Mm -hmm. well that might differ depending on who's coming and going uh or whether or not they even realize that they are out of sync with the rest of the world you know so so they might have sent somebody out there before they went to this otherworldly dimension you know like the timeline there is kind of skewed for us we know he's only been dead for i think it was a couple days um but they could have been like a couple days for them could have been 100 years for our society so yeah um you know like that's when you start going other dimensionally everything everything's kind of topsy-turvy you know it's uh it's more timey-wimey Wibbly wobbly, yeah. <laughs> Is nice. that the official term going forward? Timey wimey. Can we have a yeah, bar- yeah, sure. can we have a tavern called the Timey Wimey? You're the Timey Wimey Tavern. That's a that's a Doctor Who reference, Keegan. If you don't, I, go, I don't. Go watch the episode <laughs> Blink uh, with uh, David Tennant, and uh, it'll terrify you personally. But yep. uh, oh, yeah. it'll be really enjoyable. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, good. Um, 
So I would have to. I would. I also want to point out probably the most intriguing moment of the campaign, which Torbjorn as a character didn't know, but all of us as a player saw, was when Bertrand saw himself hanging. Hanging? Are there, there's a dude hanging there, and you saw yourself. Yeah. And Bertrand, what you what you think of that as both Kaim and what you think of that as you? Oh, they're pretty one and the same in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> the oh shit. Yeah. Uh, when. When, when that popped up at the the end of the campaign there, or the end of the episode, I just, I was kind of just frozen, and it really opened my eyes as a player to like, okay, this is the world we're going to be in. Like, this is not going to be, not, not everything can be investigated, not everything can be explained, not everything can have a role attached to the weirdness of things that are going to happen. I just immediately gathered that, like, right from the get-go, this is not going to be your typical D&D campaign mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> I actually rolled to see who who would be in the tree. I didn't. Awesome. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't. I thought I was like, oh, he's gonna think I'm picking on him for a specific reason. But, but no, I actually rolled, and it ended up. Uh, he was the fourth player, and I got a four, so it was. It ended up so being he, the. So he just happened to see himself. Yep, it would have been whoever whoever it, I rolled. Would have would have seen the same. Okay, that instance, Bertrand, because you didn't did you you didn't tell anybody that you saw yourself, right? You played that off, I believe. Mm-mm. Yeah. Would you have told if it was somebody else? Would you have told that character? Like, say yeah. it was Kosov, would you be like, "Hey, Kosov, I see you uh, hanging up there. Is this one of your visions?" Well, he wouldn't have. He would. It would have been Kosov who would have seen himself. Oh, Kosov. Okay, so it's only the person that sees themselves. It's not somebody else. Yeah. Bertrand didn't, mm-hmm. didn't see somebody else. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, that makes it even more. So, so then, okay. what would have Bertrand's would just, uh, just uh, Bertrand would have seen what what the rest of you guys saw was was just some stranger, cool. hanging there. Cool. Uh, I I loved your description by the way when he disappeared and you said he kind of Marvel uh, <laughs> Infinity Ward out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think. I wanted. I almost said Endgame, and I was like, no, it's not Endgame. I couldn't think of the <laughs> the, 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 the one. But yeah, I was like, he just sort of. Marvel dissolves that way. <laughs> so, I think, and get me wrong, or tell me if I'm wrong, because I probably am, but I think the next episode, or the next session, which is uh, next week, will be probably the biggest episode for us when it comes to getting into Brovi. I feel like, me and David were talking, I feel like Wolves was cool. We finished Wolves, like we understood what Welton was. And then this kind of felt like a transition episode into into Barovia, and I think once we're in the village or town or whatever the hell it is of Barovia, like we'll have a better understanding. Because right now I feel like we're, it's like the uh, it's like the middle movie where you have a lot of questions that don't have things that are tied up in a nice little bow, mm-hmm. or it could be season seven of Game of Thrones where season eight needs to tie up a <laughs> lot of loose ends here, and how how are you going to pull those together? And I think me personally I have a lot of questions about Barovia that I think once I see the the town folk, the common folk that live there, I'll have some questions answered, but I'll also have oh, more yeah. questions to it. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you, what do you, what, sure. i say, what are your guys' expectations of going into this village? Because we're not that, we're not that far. We camped, I think we camped less than a day outside, but we decided to take a camp. Oh yeah, you're, you're actually. Yeah. I looked at the map and I was like, it really you weren't far. It was just the rate you were traveling because I mis kind of misunderstood you. Uh, I thought you were traveling slowly to avoid being heard and and that kind of that might have been thing, me though because i don't word things me and tim had a conversation but i kind of 
ahead. But I, I feel like I, I may have misconstrued that and had you guys going way slower than than I initially thought. So I mean, yeah, you'll you'll hit Barovia by the. But I kind of like something about this episode is I wanted to kind of wade you guys into the world. I wanted you guys to pay attention a little bit of that and not throw you right into here's all this other information. I wanted you guys to pay attention to this because the color, that kind of stuff, not only is it world building for you, but there's a clue there about how sun works in this mm-hmm. place. You know, Tim with his natural tw- unless it's Tim with his natural twenty fucking bringing out his horse out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, and that was and that was a, a moment that that I felt like I I gave a little bit of a clue there as well. Uh, I mean, in, to... in setting the atmosphere for the first episode, I think it was a way more effective. I think we're all scared if, shitless. If, if we would have just gotten <laughs> to the gotten to the town too, I think we would have left with probably more like not anxiousness but more restfulness as players mm-hmm. i'm kind of glad that we ended where we did because had we moved a little bit faster we would have got, gotten the town and we would have had to leave even the episode off on kind of like a not a not as fun of an ending i don't think i think the way that it was able to end was a lot more fitting because we're like okay we're close but we it's, still but we still don't know what we're about to get into so there's yeah. an intrigue of like what's coming next well, mm-hmm. and we we also got some pretty ominous stuff right there at the end yeah. too, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, first first was on the road with the with the hanging in the tree, which was cool. But then when we were around the fire and we saw this image of this black knight, um, I think it was black knight, or uh, at, you know, in reference to David's shirt there, maybe dark knight. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had a nice. we had this ominous image there, and at the same time we had our new party member walking around feeding us all, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, how she kind of just jumped in and, and thought about things. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about eating at this point. Cause I'm freaking out yeah. about like dudes hanging in trees. And she's like, I'm going to get us some food and set up some camera. I was like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. She, she's officially become group mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I do. I also like, like one of the things as we went along with Diane's characters, things have started coming out and I'm sure more things will come as obviously everybody else as you go further in the campaign is I felt like she slotted in really well with everybody. To a certain extent, like I feel like we are all, all of us are very diverse in our backgrounds, which is probably good and bad that'll be determined um, when it comes to like <laughs> in this world as we find out not everybody welcomes diverse people. Um, but I, I, that, that moment of like getting fed by her and just be like, oh yeah, like we are like, it, it brings the humanization back to D&D versus me thinking this is just going out on an adventure with, it's. I don't know if any of you have ever played uh, Subnautica, but Subnautica has a creative mode, has a survival mode, and has a permadeath mode. To me, I, I feel like we're we're playing permadeath, but I forget in permadeath <laughs> mode that you have to eat and sustain yourself as you go along. Versus creative mode, you're just exploring. And sometimes I feel like I just go in wanting to explore and forget about the other aspects of it because I'm like, ooh, let's check this out and check that out. So it kind of brought me back in of like, oh yeah, these these are theoretically real people in a real world that have got to survive and function in everyday life. And I was, that, that just was a cool moment when that happened. So I'm excited to have her on. Board. I think, I think you're right. And that's just a good allegory for gamers who play hardcore games that do have permadeath that 
but we're playing D and D. Like you'd never catch me play a game, a video game with permadeath mode. I just yeah. won't. <laughs> but I'm I, I I will dive deep into D and D, knowing full well that's permadeath. <laughs> and the and the RP aspect, like the that's one of the things I think we're all. And I I think the second session was way better than the first. Not way better, but it's a lot better than the first session. I think first session we were all kind of understanding our characters, kind of figure out who we were and how we wanted to present ourselves. I feel like this session had more of the RP aspects. And I was actually telling you guys in the group chat that I kind of want myself to be like an 80-20 split. My goal is to eventually be 80% in character, 20% out of character. That 20% out of character is asking the DM questions or asking like clarifying questions and stuff like that, where the 80% is me talking to, instead of talking to Tim, I'm talking to Kosef saying... Hey, Kosef, what what do you think here? Hey, Welly, what what do you want to do here? And all that kind of stuff. So I think we've gotten, we got better between the two sessions. And again, I think that's just partially a lot of us are new to the D&D and mm-hmm. new to 5e in general. Uh, if you've had play D&D, played D&D in the past. So I think it's, it's a lot of fun. And I also think we're kind of figuring out how everybody slots together. Because I would say the, the four of us probably have the strongest personalities of the group. We're not afraid to speak up. We're not afraid to, to go at it. And I feel like sometimes the others might be a little scared because they don't know and they're afraid to speak up versus if I don't know, I'm still going to speak up and probably screw it up somehow like taking off my armor. <laughs> well, I so. don't know about that. I, I get what you're saying. I think we're a little bit more, uh, you know, out front trying to figure things out. But, you know, Latrine's pretty vocal. And then uh, I think Cody has a lot more D&D experience than I know I do or that Mm -hmm. Keegan does. Um, So Cody, I think, is playing to her character. You know, like she's being a little bit more withdrawn, being a little bit um, less um, spoken out and and kind of um, approaching things that way, you know. Um, And then uh, (laughs) Diane almost said, I had to text her at one point because we're in different places in the house and was like, you don't have to tell him everything. Yeah, when I kept asking your questions, I was like, I was waiting for for her to be like, or like lie to me. Like I was waiting for her just to Uh, lie to me about something. Okay, cool. I I think she she got kind of concerned because some of that stuff she's still kind of working on and ironing out some of the background stuff for her character. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't expect the Torbjorn Inquisition, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, true story that I told, I think I told all of you guys this, but that conversation I had with Diane with Vale was actually meant to be with Welly to get to know Welly a little bit better. But since we came across her, I was like, this is a perfect moment to have to try and introduce her to the group and get to know her. So that conversation I had, I was supposed to have with Welly and I talked to Cody a little bit about having a conversation because we have a few things we have in mind of things going forward. Um, but that it's just kind of weird how, or cool how that all turned out. But yeah, her not knowing. And I feel bad because she, she only made that character, what, like the day before or two days before? Yeah, we, we so. rolled it on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, and then also like her session zero, we left. I left her in the woods uh, with the mist. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and and that's why I wanted you guys to meet because I thought it was too much of a I didn't I didn't want to. I didn't want you guys to have another interaction with the Purple Dragons between the first mission and the second mission. And then I thought, well, if I introduce her as one, then they're meddling again. And I didn't want that. So mm-hmm. that's why she's not. But we'll, fi- we'll, we'll get was, to that. I was looking though. for her cloak. There's and was, more coming. I was like, let me look at your cloak and be like, hey, yeah. you, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fuck. 
Because oh, that adds yeah. that adds some great dynamic, though. And I'm really glad you decided to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way, it also does yeah. look because in that sense, it does because the other thought is then is the purple dragons pulling the strings, and that makes it clear that they're not necessarily the ones pulling the strings in this campaign. Like they're the ones that brought us together, and they're the they're as of right now the pretty much the sole reason why we are together. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they are importance to the story as time goes in into Strahd and all that. Like I think it's good that you like Ted they, had to handle it that way. Well, they have an agenda, uh, yeah. and they definitely uh, set you forth to accomplish that. But uh, they're not all knowing and all powerful. They're you know they. They're trying to get something accomplished. Yeah. So, I want to go back and talk to to Tim because I was having a whisper conversation with Bertrand uh, at the very <laughs> beginning of the episode, kind of because I, I feel like episode one we just kind of all went on an adventure together and didn't really talk to each other to try to see why we all went together. Then we were told we all are part of the Purple Dragons. Let's go. And me mm-hmm. and Bertrand have a little bit of a past, not much. We've yet to determine how long that is. It used to be we were brothers initially, and then we switched races and classes, and it became a whole different ballgame. Uh, but we knew each other for, I think we've determined it's been, a, it was a couple weeks before we set out. So About we have, three weeks. Yeah, so we have we have the background together, which is why I, go, I went to Bertrand in that instance to talk to him about it. But then when you when you butted in on that, what was your, what was your mentality on... Was it just shut, kick it up, or was it more of like, hey, I'm here with you, let's get this, let's get, you have no, because you, I think you said, or I can't remember if it was you or Bertrand that said, we have no reason to not trust each other. I can't remember which one that was. Uh, well, I know, I know when oh, I kind of, I jumped in and I said something to the degree of, um, you know, we're talking about earning trust mm-hmm. when perhaps we should give trust and let it be. In a sense, away. removed. Yeah, you know, um, you know, because we didn't really have a reason not to trust each other. We had just fought side by side or side by tree, you know, depending on what you were doing in that battle, and uh, <laughs> or or under a horse. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> right. But you know, we had just we had just come through this, and now suddenly we were. Wait, I don't really know you, mm-hmm. and uh, but we do know that we were brought together by the same group. We do know that. Um, you know, like I know for from a character perspective, I was unsure about you when I arrived because, you know, well, Keegan was way uh, Torbjorn was, was like five sheets to the wind and uh, Super drunk <laughs> dancing on tables. And I, you know, and I was down to business and and uh, 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 time was a little bit uh, a little too too cool for school to a degree, you know, very smooth, very, you know, uh, like one of the Sparrow. first. Yeah, well, and one of the things he said to you at the very beginning was like, "Hey, it's my job to get people to drink." So it's like, "Oh man, these guys are going to be like-minded party guys," and I'm, I'm a little bit more of a stick in the mud with my mm-hmm. character, right? And uh, and so we want to get out there. But as we did the the wolves, um, like I saw, okay, party mechanics working. I have less reason. And then I saw like personality come out when when Torbjorn met the the bar maiden and said, you know, had that conversation about his family. Like, okay, this is somebody who cares deeply about other people and cares deeply about his family and his culture. And then seeing um, how Kaim responded to the wolves was like, okay, this is somebody who values sentience. This is somebody who um, also has care and compassion, right? Um, you know, I by default, I already trust Nate's character, Latrine, because uh, we serve Sarah the same Ray. goddess. Yeah. You know, and maybe, and maybe that's a blind spot for my character, but... 
Um, you know, so at that point, it was like, well, we could sit here in the bar all day and talk about whether or not we're going to trust each other. <laughs> or or, yeah. or we could just agree to trust for now until you give me a reason not to. Yeah. Which, which is a great cra- character moment, I think, you yeah. know, for a very much a paladin way of, of thinking. Because <laughs> I know for me, as, as, as Torbjorn in there, like, again, I... I tr- my favorite line Bertrand has is, "I trust you as far as I can throw you." Well, you can throw me pretty far. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a wee, wee man. Um, it's very but, heavy, though. Yes, I'm very. Right. Dude, I got lots of shit in my bags. <laughs> um, but I, but I think that that was a really cool moment of just like uh, David saying, showing different types of personality. Like for me, I trust Bertrand as of right now more than anybody else because he's the only one I've had for the last three weeks that I know. The rest of you, like. I like you said. I don't have reason to not trust you, but I'm I'm a little hesitant just because I'm like I, I don't have a read on you yet and under, fully understand what your motives are. And without going backstory, there's some stuff that happened in my backstory that's the reason that's I am that way. So that's that's I think it was cool because it got it. You got to show it, and then like I think everybody had a character moment this last session because I you had that one. Uh, Bertrand had the seeing himself hanging moment yeah. um cody and had... failing a disastrous ill-timed role <laughs> at the end, but they still don't know what the hell it is <laughs> uh cody had the oh, what was cody had one where it was when we got into brovia i can't remember right now i'm drawing a blank well cody got a letter at the beginning too yeah that was it family. yeah that was it and didn't read it out loud and that made me go huh there's something there so i'm i'm excited because i think david does a really good job of putting those little nuggets in or like having a having us bring those nuggets out in different instances because i know obviously in session one i feel like i had the big one with meeting lenora and having her talk that story like that was a huge moment for me like oh shit and then obviously you getting your horse bertrand or cody getting the letter bertrand doesn't have anything yet because bertrand rolled horribly oh. apparently <laughs> so but yeah. yeah i'm excited to kind of see how this all these stories tie into each other because we all have separate motives but at the end of the day we're i think our common ground is to get through barovia and get out of it because i don't think any of us wants to stay there that is not part of the plan no so god no i don't want to be there yeah, yeah that's not part of the plan so do you guys have anything that you want to share? Any any moments or anything that caught your eye during the session? No, cool. Just <laughs> honestly, for me, it's just the 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 one two punch of seeing myself in the tree, mm-hmm. and then failing. What what kind of roll was it that I failed? It was a some sort of saving made, throw, you, but yeah, you made a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. And you did yeah, not, and you did not save. I definitely not. not. <laughs> Not in the slightest. I thought I thought that was fantastic. I, I I know I was the only one that could actually see Bertrand's face because of some camera issues with the Roll Twenty app. But uh, yeah. like he was uh, <laughs> just in <laughs> utter shock and terrified, which I thought mm-hmm. really captured where we were. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see him kind of bring that forward because we don't know what he didn't save throw on. Oh, you know? oh yeah, that's gonna have a percussion. <laughs> <laughs> But we wake up the next day, Bertrand's dead. What happened? I don't know. Something struck him. 
That's how you re-roll a character voice. Yeah. What you don't know is uh, David already text him on the side like, uh, you may want to make another character. <laughs> Game over. Not yet, not no. yet. But he, oh, yeah. we do have a little something that we're working on that before next session that we'll, you'll see the side effects of probably cool. here pretty soon. So. Um, so I want to end off this with what do you guys want to see going forward? What do you, what do you expect? I guess not want to see, but expect from the, the next session when we do get into the village of Barovia. Do you have any sort of... What, what intrigues you most about actually stepping into Barovia, the, the town, not necessarily the continent? I want to meet some people. I want to see what this hierarchy of vampires might exist, if they exist like that, or if it's a single, or, like, I'm just, I'm excited to dig in, get to meet some people, RP, mm-hmm. maybe maybe do some battling, maybe maybe fight something tomorrow, or next week. We next fought, week. We fought next wolves. Week. I, I think scared. we had our fill of wolves. I was scared yeah. shitless, by the way, when I when I dashed in and saw five wolves. I expected there to be a couple, but then I was like, "Oh yeah, my AC's real high, so I'm good." <laughs> Just keep charging. Was, up yeah, yeah. Those wolves were also a random encounter table, and I was like, "Wolves again!" <laughs> I was kind of mad about it, but Man. gotta go with the dice, though. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I, which I, I enjoyed that. And I like that. I hit that natural twenty and carved that leg right off for you. That was fun. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I still have it. I have two. I have two things of wolf meat in my back in my back backpack right now because I ate one of them. So I had three initially. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why when when because uh, we were cooking food at the end and Diane Vale made food for everybody, and I pulled out a leg and I go, "Not so stupid now, am I?" And I started cooking it and I ate it. <laughs> I can't imagine wolf meat is very good i feel like it would be really stringy i mean yeah, probably very gamey yeah I don't, I, yeah I mean, i've eaten very gamey stuff before probably needed a survivalist check and then a constitution check <laughs> after eating that right yeah <laughs> well the good news is i'm proficient in both of those oh fantastic so. oh he was talking about the rest of us after you passed oh. the one yeah <laughs> you need a survivalist well diane fed the rest of you yeah diane so. fed the rest i i i, I ate my wolf my giant wolf leg just turkey leg style uh but tim what what are you excited about getting into barovia what what are you hoping to to encounter when you get to the actual village well yeah i'm i'm excited i don't really know what to expect so i'm excited like bertrand said to meet characters find out who's there what the nature is of them and then their nature how that plays against my character you know um you know and his agendas and his um uh, personal um, commitments, I guess, as a paladin mm-hmm. uh, that he's made that he hasn't really talked too much to you guys about yet, but some of it is obvious because he's a paladin, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, so seeing how that impacts, because if we are going into a town full of vampires, you know, how is that going to play off of who he is and how he, um, how he believes and, and as well as, uh, uh, you know, that moment with the horse, said a lot to me about you know okay how important is Saren Ray going to be to me in this in this um, realm mm-hmm. um, so kind of seeing how that's going to play out and, and who's there and um, have that opportunity to react as Kosef I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I have to say from a, I told you this but from a Torbjorn perspective when you spawn that horse in this dark dreary place like that was the moment, like you couldn't see it but Torbjorn just standing there going how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> and it <clears throat> it intrigued my character a little bit of like, because I've, I've told a couple of you, like, my character doesn't really have a religion or anything he follows, 
but he is always open to hearing about other people's. And it, it, like that was one of those moments of like, I'm gonna call it the Jesus walks on water moment. And it's like, <laughs> that was cool. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> type type thing. <laughs> so uh, I I I can't wait to see to have a conversation with you between Torbjorn and Kosif and just have that. And I would love to have like bring Nate in on that and have uh, his, his perspective on Saren Ray and all that because. We do have two people that worship the same goddess, so yeah. there, there, there's potential there for that to. Which uh, I don't know. I don't know how much you guys know about that goddess, but I you know, in you know, in game, we talked about how Saren Ray was the sister of the I forget the name of the god of the of the priest and um, Palor. Yeah, Palor, and he was a god of the sun, you know, and so like, like connecting a lot of those dots about mm-hmm. where we are and how that all occurred was really um, intriguing. I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah. So for me, kind of like you guys, when we get into Brovia, I'm excited to see the meet the people. I think it's, I think we have an understanding of the world. We don't have an understanding of the population, which I think is what the next step is when we get to the village of Brovia, seeing how they react to us. Um, Cause after the whole Bertrand fiasco at the bar, like it makes me a little bit more leery of just going in and be like, yeah, I'm an adventurer. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, that's how you hurt yourself. Yeah, I cracked my elbow. On yeah. the, <laughs> I'm an adventurer. Crack. Um, but I'm excited to, to see Broby, and I also like as somebody who uh, there's a giant bug over there. Sorry, uh, as somebody who, who who loves like gothic architecture and old school architecture, like the the gates. If the gates continue on through like that architecture style. Um, I know personally it'd be exciting from a Torbjorn's perspective. Um, as a dwarf, I have a thing that gives me a proficiency on history checks when it comes to stonework. So I, I, I'd love to kind of see what they have building, what materials, that kind of stuff as a, as a dwarf. Um, and then hopefully at some point, uh, I can, we can go shopping while in the town and all that kind of stuff. And just, I want to go back to a tavern. I want to go back to a tavern. I need to drink. It's see if they w- even take gold. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Could so. all our gold just be worthless, or are we literally gonna have to like ivy pump bags of blood out for them? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be two points, Mister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <It's> just breakfast. <laughs> so yeah. <Mine> too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about that, just to get in there and kind of see how. Because the other thing too is like in the wilderness, you have a different feeling than in town. And in the town, is the town creepy, or does it just look creepy? Is the is there malintent or malicious intent there, or is it just our perception of it right now because of the lack of color, because of the world building David did in the last session? All of us are scared shitless to a certain extent of what's going to be there, but we're also intrigued to hopefully our preconceived notion of what this area is is not that, but right. it could be that, and then we're all then you have that moment of like, uh oh, now you got to figure out where we go from here. Now so, we got to kill the entire town. Now yeah. we got to murder everybody. <laughs> I was gonna make a Game of Thrones oh reference. God. I, realized I, didn't. Yeah. Uh, I call their legs. You, just, you guys just murder hobo your yeah. whole way through the entire module. Hey, I get an extra attack at level five. Right. <laughs> just good luck with that. Yeah. So, but but no, I'm excited to get in, into the town and kind of see it. Um, I I'm also curious because we know nothing about. Why were why we got teleported to Strahd? Like we have no no information on why we're there, other than that mist showed up and 
oh shit. So hopefully we get some of that information of like, is there a reason, like, were we chosen to come there? Did we just happen to walk in the mist at the wrong time? Like, why are we there? Um, and kind of going going off that and seeing the bigger picture of everything. And I think we're going to get to the point where that's going to start happening because we're getting into our first civil, civilized area of the of the campaign that is not Welton. So I'm excited. I know everybody, everybody keeps saying they're excited for this, and that makes me happy because it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So... I'm curious, based on the the hints I've given, what theories you guys have about the world and 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 what the, what the lack of color means to to where you are. Uh, I just assume Strahd owns Instagram and can't, can't figure it out. Like it's just still a mystery to him, so he just has it swiped over too. What filter do I this use? Filter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand this filter. What? <laughs> Repost. <laughs> I think, like, to me, when when the lack of color happened, and obviously the vampire situation, like, I just assume lack of color vampires tend to go hand in hand because they're pretty pale. But I'm, I'm curious as to if, and this is the player, not Torbjorn. Torbjorn wouldn't know this, but like, as a player of like. Is there some sort of magical... Because the mist is obviously magical in some ways, shape, or form. But is there some mm-hmm. sort of magical bubble, as Bertrand put it earlier, over top of this world that we have to pop? Do we have to get a giant needle and just stick it and the color comes some back? Sort of, yeah, and that's my curiosity. Like Not knowing what vampire stereotypes exist in this situation. Like If sunlight is... you know, UV light is the issue for, for vampires. Is this a, some sort of UV literally like a UV filter that just kind of like breaks down and diffuses the UV light. But if that's the case, then what kind of magic's helping all the plants grow? And uh, so many thoughts as a player. I'm, I'm really curious, really excited though, to find out. Hang with me on this one. Cause you're all about to go for a ride. Ooh. Does anybody know here? Know the, we sing children's series. Like yeah, the we sing in Sillyville, like the up. we sing train. There was one called we sing in Sillyville. And what happens is they get taken to Sillyville, which is very much what is happening now. These kids, <laughs> these kids get tell, transported to Sillyville, and Sillyville has no color. Like, everything's black and white, it's lost color. And as you go through this adventure, you actually go and you meet different people that explain, well, the reason there's no color is because X person, the greens don't talk to the blues, don't talk to the reds. Like, they, they're, they've kind of separated themselves out, which sounds racist, but that's not meant to be. But it's, these groups don't talk to each other. And there's this one person, which is the host, I guess you'd call him, the adventurer that you go with. I can't remember her name. I can picture her with her big-ass pigtails. By the way, we sing in Silly Wheels from, like, 1989, I think. Yeah. Um, but at the end of it, what happens is they get them all to come together, and she is that source of light. So her dress, when she starts off, is just black and white stripes and when she's done it gets all colorful and the color comes back to the world so i'm picturing a we sing in sillyville moment here <laughs> just so you all know just saying we are the world like michael jackson yes so i know it's an obscure reference but i feel like that's that's very similar to what's happened we got pulled into this world not knowing what's happening there's no color maybe we'll find somebody who has color and we'll open up their canisters and just be like, like curiosity is what word for obscure is obscure of obscure at this point to like describe that reference as beyond obscure we sing in silly though was a great great oh. kid show they have a whole they have a youtube channel now if you want to go check them out they have the we sing youtube channel 
suddenly Google results for Weesing Sillyville just upped by five. <laughs> <laughs> Two grand total of six. Yes. They're not very big. They were big back in the day. They're the straight to VHS tapes, but anyways. I told you to hold on with me on that one. I knew we, I knew was, that was gonna be a be a sharp left. Right the right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a sharp left. But anyways, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we uh close out this this year? Nope. No, pretty good. Let's go blues. Cool. Yeah, let's go blues. Um, by the time this goes up, they should know if we won or not. Because the game is tonight. I won't get it up tonight. Um, but I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you guys so much for being part of this campaign. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, uh, we are. Our next session is, I don't know the date. I want to say it's the third. Monday the third. Yeah. Monday the third. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I was saying, I know it's Monday. I can't remember the date. So Monday the third. At 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, go to twitch.tv slash level2gamersstl. Um, we'll be going live with episode slash session three, however the hell you want to call it. Um, if you haven't seen the first two sessions, again, you can watch them on level two, or twitch.tv slash level2gamersstl. Uh, they are archived there for 30 days. If you missed that and you need to go back and rewatch them, they are on savedbytheroll.com. There's campaign one. All the episodes are listed there. They're all housed on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow us on, I screwed this up last time, Twitter is Saved by the Roll. No TV, just Saved by the Roll, because it doesn't fit TV. Instagram is Saved by the Roll TV. Uh, you can see different art. Uh, all the artwork that Bertrand has put time and effort into has been put up there, and I'm trying to do it where I release everybody's character description with their art underneath it so we can see everybody as we go along. Uh, but hit us up on Twitter. Sometimes you'll have characters pop in and give their opinions on what's going on. I know I did one the other day of Torbrand being like, well, fuck. So, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you guys so much for watching. This has been Behind the Roll, episode two. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. And as always, welcome to the second welcome level. Welcome to the second level. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.